Hello. Welcome to 100% BS. If it's your first time here, thank you for being here. I'm very happy that you're here. And I thank you for your time, for taking the time to be here with me. Uh, 100% BS is a show uh, that hosts forward thinking and alternative conversations with anyone and everyone where all ideas are welcomed to discuss. And we just say what is on our mind, what's on our heart and what we want to talk about. And it's great. So thank you for being here. If you're an OG, I love you. Thanks for being back again. Um, if you enjoy the show, you like this episode, make sure you subscribe, make sure you share the episode with a friend who you might think who, who might enjoy it as well. Um, and yeah, so my guest today is Aubrey Winters. She is a fitness entrepreneur. She's the founder of Sweat Sessions and the Virtual Fitness Studio. She's truly an incredibly unique person, both in the way that she teaches fitness and in the way that she shows up online and in real life, on Instagram, in all the places, in her fitness classes. She's truly amazing. And I'm just very, very honored to have her on the show today. And uh, one of the parts of the conversation that I especially enjoyed was when we talked about this idea of extreme ownership and ownership over yourself, what happens to you in life, your daily life, your goals, your career, the ownership that we have and that gaining that back actually gives you so much power and control of your own life. Um, I really enjoyed that part of the conversation and she definitely embodies that. She's definitely someone whose story, you know, also kind of taught her own experiences taught her that, you know, being upset and, you know, woe is me about your situation wasn't really helping her and switching to a mindset of ownership really kind of helped her pivot her whole, her life, something that I try to do as well. And I always encourage others to embody extreme ownership. Um, and yeah, and then we talked about a bunch of other really great stuff. So I will let us get into the episode. Um, let's do it. Well, I'm freaking pumped that you're here I'm doing so this. This is amazing. Yes. Obviously, I wish we were able to do it in person. That would have been like next level, but this is obviously Same. fantastic. Um, Same. But h- how does it feel to be a cult leader <laughs> oh my god dude <laughs> i love this are we just jumping right in oh yeah yeah, yeah. we're just going for it it's how we okay, roll 100 percent bs is this just is literally anything that happens we i started recording we just go what happens on 100 percent bs stays on 100 percent bs <laughs> yes unless a bunch um, of people listen to it <laughs> oh well um how does it feel to be a cult leader that question is hilarious um because Brendan is always like, dude, you are actually like running a cult here. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, this is not a thing. Um, but no, I think, you know, it, it kind of goes with this whole online community. It's just something I never expected. Yeah. And um, I think to actually have found a group of women who fully just not only like love me, but are down for my weirdness and like feel like they can be 
their most weird self, their happiest self, their most energetic self, most inspired self when they're in the presence of the SBC and the community that we've built. It's honestly something that I am just jaw dropped by every single day. So um, it, it can be a big LOL, like we have a cult going here. Well, I definitely don't think it's, you know, that far out yet um, as like being a cult. It's definitely something really special and really yeah. unique. And it feels really good to have been able to kind of create this space for, for the SBC. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I have never experienced anything like it because I first started, I took one of your classes and I was like, A, love this girl's energy because I before had <laughs> never taken like work like guided workout classes consistently because I just never found anything that I liked and I did your dad's cardio and I was like this is what it is like this is good this is what I want um and then like slowly was exposed to the SBC which people who don't know it's the sweaty bish community or sweaty bish cult whatever um the club yeah um and it's just it's I was like wow I've never experienced this plus because in the last year you know it's like been hard to connect with people and I yes kind of struggled like even when like my job switched to work from home it was still hard yeah. to connect with people but then when yeah. I went you know and did the the um one of the challenges I did like a workshop at the end of December which is how I was introduced to Jenny edition yes. um and I was like oh this is different like this is yeah. actual connection which is weird because normally like you can't, you don't get the same feeling unless you're in person, but some, there's something like magical going on. And I, I do think part of it is just like, you have attracted magnetically, like these kinds of people who are all willing to like open up. Like there's just, it's like the perfect recipe because there's other communities, but there's not the same, like people cry and share their deepest demons on these calls and it's like yeah it's amazing I know it's pretty unique I definitely think that when I was first starting on the virtual path of bringing my teachings online I didn't really, I was just kind of showing up every single day more so on Instagram live at the time, just doing what I knew the, how I, I was just showing up doing what I knew. I knew how to do best, which was teach. Sorry. That was right. Helpful. And, um, then when I brought my classes to zoom and there was like a huge flood of the same women who were moving with me every single day, kind of converting to this now virtual studio, I'm thinking to myself, this is really cool. We're seeing the same women every single day, but there's this huge component missing to this experience, experience, which is that connection point. It's like you would walk into a studio and you would get to see the same faces and you would say, hi, how are you? And there was that feeling of like exchanged energy that you could feel through the class. And it just, I always loved like, walking into an equinox class and everyone is just like chit-chatting and I don't even have to say like say hi to your neighbor you know and so that was missing for me and then when I wanted to create my first challenge I'm like what can we do to really like make everyone feel connected and um feel inspired again because at this point a lot of places were closing down second lockdowns were happening um women were reaching out to me being like I'm so uninspired I'm so unmotivated I fell off the workout train and I've gained 15 pounds through COVID I'm really just not feeling good in my body, my mental health is struggling. And while I'm not a certified 
you know, health coach, nutritionist, um, uh, psychologist or, um, therapist or any of those things, I do know that I was craving the exact same thing that everyone else was. And so for me, it was about facilitating online experiences with experts and having community chit chats where we can just open up and express. And it's something that's really just not even about me, but something that I could facilitate for the community. So totally. Um, yeah, it is unique and it's cool. And it's just been really eye-opening for me to actually for once in my life, feel like, wow, like we're making a really big difference here. Yes, And that's not, that's never something that I felt even really teaching in person. Cause I think for a long time, I was a little bit jaded living in LA and I was a little bit burnt out and I was just kind of like going through the motions. And now I'm like, whoa, we're, we're really doing something cool here. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no doubt, like it's, especially in the context of the last year, like we've all been reminded of the importance of like community and human interaction. And just like, yes, you like, I think you need it for your health. I'm pretty sure it's been proven too. Like you actually need to be with people and like being alone, like it's not for prolonged periods of time, it's not good. And like, that's why I think again, like you also are reaching like, potentially 10 times, hundred times more people than you would in just one class, which is like, and the fact yeah. that it still feels like a genuine connection, like it's just, it like gives me chills to think about. But, um, last night yeah. I actually went to, it is, cool. it is really cool. Uh, last night I went to this, um, su- the wave silent disco at sunset. Oh, I saw it with Olivia. Yes. Yes. Olivia Rhodes, who is probably SBC at the time at her, um, during the yes, February challenge. Yes, that made me so happy yeah. to see that. But, I, I went into it not really knowing what to expect. Like, it's kind of just, you go and there's a DJ and like you, everyone wears the headsets and it's like dancing at sunset, but it ended up being like this really healing, like beautifully energetic experience. But one big takeaway was that, yeah, you would love it. It was amazing. Um, I think they've been doing it for a while, but, um, they just started back up again. But one thing was like, I was standing there like in the sand, looking at the sunset, like amazing. Mu- the music is also very like, it's not just EDM. They had a little like EDM in there, but it's very like jungly nature. Oh. Like the DJ just, I imagined I was like in Tulum in a jungle. Like that's what the music was like. So good. But so all the vibes. Yeah. And everyone is like in their own world, but also connected. And like, you're all there to just, have a nice time and to like let things out and like let the music move you and it was just again reminded like we need to be with people like I don't know I didn't know any of those people other than who I showed up with but like I was being crazy and shuffling and dancing there's people crawling on the beach like galloping on (laughs) on all fours like it was wild and I was like I'm fucking here for this but again it just reminds you like we need that type of thing where you're just around, yes. you're within like closer than six feet of people because that's how you yes. feel like people's vibrations, you know? Yes. And it's like, it's been, yeah, I mean, and I think too, like even to have felt that a little bit virtually, like I feel like gave people hope. And it's yeah. like, now that we're starting to kind of open up again, I'm even in the space of like, how can I, like, where, can, how can we facilitate now? Like more IRL experiences because it is so important. Yeah, It's so important to just be able to like, 
you know, say hello to another human and maybe even just put an arm out and be like, oh my gosh, like I can feel your energy or just move next to other people. It's like this whole other level of inspiration. And it also is motivating and it's just, it's, it is so important. Yeah. I had FOMO watching your stories, honestly. <laughs> Last night I was like, not only are these two girls just like meant for each other, I feel like you and Liv, like you yeah. guys are such good energy, such good humans. Um, so that made me really happy. But I was like, damn, I really wish I could be there. That yeah. Was epic. It, yeah. It was it was cool. I, I hope I feel like the wave should do they do them in Miami, I know. Maybe they try to keep them on the beach, but they should like do a tour kind of thing. Um Yes. Yeah. But um, I uh, you mentioned before, like when you were in real life and kind of your obviously you started in fitness when it was the regular in-person industry um, and you would teach mm-hmm. like how many times a week, like 10 or like a lot of classes. Yeah, I kind of went through it was a journey like when I first I, I ended up going into like corporate fashion at 27 to 28 and then after like, you know, doing that for, I didn't, I didn't even stay there. I don't, I don't even think for a full year, but when I kind of made the decision to go back into fitness full time, I was straight grinding. Like yeah. I was teaching 20 to 30 classes a week. Um, and I would never recommend that to anyone. It was honestly, it was, it was wild. I don't even know how I did it to be honest, but yeah, I was teaching a lot of classes. And then over the last few years and the more that I kind of started leaning into like having my own brand and doing sweat sessions. And again, that was just kind of dipping my toes in for a while. I never fully owned sweat sessions. And I guess what this beautiful (laughs) fitness experience is until COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, over the last couple of years, I was able to finally like define, I guess who I wanted to be in the fitness space, even as a group fitness instructor. And for me, that looked like I could no longer teach 20 to 30 classes a week because I had no energy to give nothing left for myself. And I did it at the time because, you know, you're not making a lot of money. You're making like $50 a class, 75, maybe. Um, and then finally, like my last year and a half of teaching group fitness before lockdowns and everything, I was like, hell no. I went to every studio I taught at and I was like, look, like this is what I'm asking for per class. And this is the rate that I expect. And I want to make money per head. And this is what it is. And every studio I worked for, I was like, all right, cool. Like done and done. So then I was able to take it down to like 10 classes a week, which is manageable like two back to back or one in the morning one in the evening like totally doable yeah so that was good for me yeah Yeah. does that like I mean do you have a specific like recovery routine because even I mean I know in sometimes in classes like you're not always fully doing each movement because it's a lot for the instructor but like how did that look on your body like and even your mind I think for me I've just always been go, 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 go. It really hasn't been, hasn't been until this last year where I have fully like leaned into my self-care routine, recovery days, taking breaks, not teaching at 150%. Like I really, in this last year was able to come back down to earth in the past. I didn't think twice about it. I honestly would just teach. I would do my own workouts. I would go rollerblading at the beach. I would be in my car driving a 
across LA, one place to the other all day long from 6am until 8pm and, um, didn't have a recovery routine. At the beginning of 2020, I started training for the Nike women's marathon. And that was when I was like, Oh my God, my body. Um, cause I was a dancer my whole life and I was a jazz dancer and kind of in my mind, always envisioned just a powerhouse. Like I, yeah. Didn't have a lot of injuries. I was never, you know, like needing to take breaks. I would always just freaking go. And then when I started training for that marathon, I was like, oh my God, my neck, my back, my hip, my ankle, everything. my foot, everything is falling apart. So then I started working with Julia. Um, I don't know if you know Julia Morgan, Dr. Julia Morgan in LA, but she like really would work on me. I'd do a couple sessions a week with her. And now that I've taken a full year to just like be virtual and like really kind of, you know, know what it feels like to take things down to a little bit more of like recovery mode, Yeah, working with people, doing yoga, more stretching. Like it's just made such a difference. Yeah. I bet. Plus probably a lot more sustainable because like, I mean, I'm 32. I have to (laughs) have to start taking this seriously. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't break because this is my livelihood at the end of the day. And I think that that's something that I keep reminding myself like the more that I don't make time for my recovery or my off days, or maybe even it's not, maybe an off day is, to me is just not teaching, not working out. It's just like purely self-care and just yeah. kind of like doing what feels good without like a bunch of movement. Um, the more that I neglect that side of me, the more I put myself at a risk for not being able to do this long-term. And like, yeah. for me, teaching is my happy place and yeah. it is my livelihood, but it is also such a part of me. And what I love so much, I try not to be defined by what I do, but at the same time, it is so much a part of me. So I'm like, gotta preserve this, this body, bitch. Gotta keep it young. Let's go. Yeah. It's interesting. (laughs) The idea of like defining, I, I, someone recently shared something. It was like, if you can tell me who you are without telling me what you do, if you can't tell me who you are without telling me what you do, then like you don't know like yourself or something and that's like kind of an intense question because especially today especially with the culture that's in the U.S. of like career and hustle and everything like we've grown up being defined by what we're going to do and it's like a kind of a very internal reflection question to be like who am I without what I'm doing and it kind of reminds you that like you need to have one second i'm just gonna do a big swat here (laughs) just clear the air hold on one second honestly i'm so used to seeing you moving all the time on your stories this does not phase me at all okay good this is true i'm like she's just doing a little dance like you know what you think about like who you really are inside like (laughs) not defined by our career Exactly. Simultaneously. It's true. I'm very, I'm a very, um, hand talker that you're probably like, she's just explaining something. Oh my God. I am too. So you're all good. I'm always like my hands. I'm like, can you just put your hands down and just be still for two seconds? Yeah. Um, (laughs) always moving. Exactly. Um, what would you say, what would you say for that? I mean, if we were to kind of like turn the tables here, like who are you without being defined like with, by what you do? Yeah. I feel like who is Bella outside of all of all of the things. Yeah. I mean, it's such a good question to just reflect also on like what you perceive is how, like what you perceive your value almost without the like 
job. I feel like for me, it's like one word that comes to mind is like lover in a way, but not in like a sexual weird way, but just like, I really, I don't know, since I was young, just like to make people feel loved and happy and laughter. So like just funny, silly, loving, like caring person. And like, those are very broad, but like, that's what, then if we apply that to what I do, like obviously trickles into, you know, with a podcast, with, you know, an Instagram page, with a job, like trying to help, you know, with communication and like share about growth. But if I just had to water it down, it's like, yeah, I just want to like exude love and make people laugh and like make people think. I love that. I'm like, I feel like we're very similar in that way. Mm. I just love making people smile, making people feel like they can do anything. I'm like, if only I could take the advice that I give my friends and my family and apply it to my own everyday life. (laughs) But in the moment, like I definitely am just like passionate about making people smile or feel good or feel supported, um, feel like they can do anything. And then I feel like for the both of us, we're just like, movers and groovers like I feel like I could just dance through my day without teaching or without you know being on Mm -hmm. camera or doing anything I'm like if only you guys saw what I did on my own like without the cameras freaking rolling (laughs) yeah for real (laughs) it's good though I you know I have this I really think that people who move all the time whether it's like especially through dance but just movement like really creates just happiness as simple as that like just it it solves so much and it like a because literally there's like hormones and things being released in your body that are making you feel good but it also just because it can be fun but also difficult it's like the full range of kind of life itself like if you're good at being able to push through pain of movement. Like I'm sure, you know, in dance, like there's moments where you're an hour in, it hurts, like you're not feeling in flow, but then you keep going and you get over the hill, like that kind of thing. But it's fun and worth it. It's like that reflects who you are as a person. I think it's like your ability to just have fun and let go and not take yourself seriously. Like that's really huge. And I think reflects in people's personalities. Did you ever pursue dance professionally? So I didn't, but I did ballet um, at a Russian studio all through high school, a little bit of middle school. Um, They were very intense and they're they're the, the instructors was a couple and they were, their story was literally like the typical, they were, I think, um, what do you call it? Like basically these people came to their town when they were really young and they would like recruit young ballerina dance ballet dancers um and so they were like picked from their town or whatever and all they've ever known is ballet and also because they're russian they were crazy and so it was like very intense ballet like i did it all the way until my first semester of senior year and then second semester i actually like stopped and basically quit for I don't know, I guess it ended up being forever because it was just so much. And I like needed to have a social life and they wanted me there like every single day, multiple hours on the weekends. Like it was a little too much for me. Um, But I definitely like, I mean, now I've found dance in my own ways. Like I discovered shuffling like a little over a year ago, which has been 
amazing because I actually like I'm practicing a specific thing. Um, and like, I think once you're a dancer, you're like, you never stop being one because it's just in you. Um, but yeah, I never pursued it professionally, even though my instructors were really, they were telling me like, I could have been a professional dancer. Like they were totally in support of that. The school I went to, it's very small. It was only like maybe under 30 or 40 dancers, if that, and they definitely like encouraged, um, people to pursue it professionally. But I don't know. I felt like got too intense that it threw me off of it and actually interesting my I have always been a very like slender skinny gal and I actually struggled with that with body image but at ballet they would always use me as the example of like be more like her and I hated it because I by the doctors was being told I had to gain weight and they would tell people like Mm -hmm. Bella, like, look at her. And I'm like, don't do that. Like, I'm struggling myself here. Like, I'm not actually healthy right now. I need to gain weight. And I think that also caused like a weird thing in my mind that I didn't, I didn't like being looked at so much in ballet. And like, even though I very clearly have like an easy screen presence, I actually sometimes feel weird about excessive attention on me because I'm like, I don't, I don't want to like tell you, you should be this certain way. It just like felt icky. So I think that kind of pushed me away from the ballet world. Yeah. It's so, I mean, I was never really a ballerina per se. I love movement and I love the way, you know, like we would move in a ballet class, but I always felt super insecure in ballet because my body was not a typical ballet body. Um, and I went to college at the university of Arizona where their dance program, like it was very ballet heavy and you had some of like the best of the best ballerinas. I mean, truly, um, I always loved jazz. Like I said, like just powerhouse movement, like that was my vibe. Um, but yeah, it definitely, it, it, it's funny because I think that there is this, it's, it's a true stigma around dance and body image. I mean, it very much so goes hand in hand. Um, I think for me, like I always kind of like, it took me a long time. I never felt like I needed to have that ballet body because I was a jazz dancer and I was like more muscular, but like I was talking about on my stories last week too. Like, I just always felt like I was just so like, like my legs were just too big. I was just too muscular. And it's, and it's hard being around bodies that are just so perfect in, in the career that you're going for. Yeah. It's like the bodies were all just so perfect all the time. And then I'm like showing up to ballet and like, my, like my thunder thighs are out. We're like, let's go. But especially when I moved to LA and started dancing professionally there and the, and the vibe changed, it wasn't so much about ballet anymore. It was more about like jazz funk and hip hop. And there were more body types that were, I think, that you would see and you're like, Oh wow. Like yeah. everyone's body type, you can really rock it here. And like, it, you don't have to fit one size to book this job or to book that. But like, I still felt like semi insecure. And so I could never own like wearing the sassy outfits to the auditions. Right. I was always in my head, always feeling like, I'm not like this. I'm not like that. It's just so weird. It is weird. Yeah. It's a weird like, world. Like, yeah, I, I think it's changing a bit. I have a close friend who actually did ballet with in high school. She lives in LA now and she just has gone the professional dancer route, but does more like, um, she started like doing photography and that kind of thing. But she has some crazy stories about like the professional ballet companies and like even just obviously it, it intertwined with even, um, like 
kind of like sexual assault issues in the ballet world, but especially with body image, like people have so many horror stories of just like the fucked up, like body standards. Um, but I do think it's starting to change a little bit, like just with, you know, health and wellness being such a big movement in the past few years, but also just building a more positive relationship to people's bodies. Um, but it's interesting because like, I'm sure you've experienced this with, cause you can like want, there is an important aspect of like getting fit in a way and like working out and stuff so that you're not just like a couch potato. Cause obviously that's not healthy, but it's right. interesting dynamic though, balancing like body positivity and making people feel comfortable and like not, you know, making people feel bad about how they look and something that can't necessarily control to a certain extent, but also advocating for fitness in a way. I wonder like in, I mean, you probably know this best, like in the fitness industry, like how that plays out in like fitness instructors or classes, like what that, do they ever talk about like the right way to address like getting fit, but it not fitting into like, not like, I don't know if that's ever like a touchy subject. Yeah. I mean, I think even for me, it's something that I try to kind of tread lightly with because while like. I have created fitness movements that or formats, I should say, um, that hopefully do help my clients reach their fitness goals. I also kind of come at it from the standpoint of like, let's focus on feeling good Mm. first. Um, because I think that there are a lot of fitness programs out there that just push, you know, it's like all the campaigns, all the challenges are around getting the summer body and like feeling like so strong and having the six pack and like, you know, losing 10 pounds in two weeks or whatever it is. And that has just never been my mission. And I think that that comes from dance. I think for, from dance and even more so taking the competitive side out of it, when I could just show up to class and move my body, I felt so unreal. Like I would leave and I'd be like, you know, I might not have gotten called out to do it at the end, or I might not have, you know, been able to nail that turn today, but I moved my body in ways that made me just kind of release whatever I was holding on to. It made me feel better. So going into fitness, it is this fine balance because while I want people to trust that they can come, they can show up and they can, you know, create longer, leaner lines, or they can get the defined core that they've been wanting or reach their fitness goals physically. I think that really the healthiest way to do that is by finding something that you love, you enjoy, you want to show up to every day because of the way that it makes you feel. And then in turn, you're able to really define your why it's like, we've got, you know, the good feels already. So we're showing up, we're feeling amazing. We feel lighter. Now let's really hone in on like, why, why, why do I want to continue to show up to this workout? What are my goals? And there's nothing wrong with having fitness goals and with wanting to tone your arms or to lose 10, 15 pounds, whatever it is, like that's incredible. And I want to help people get there. But I think 
focus on feeling good first and then redefine your why. Yeah. Um, Cause just so often we we force ourselves into workouts. I used to be the same way. Like in college, it was like, I would force myself to the rec center and then I'd get there and I'd be a lazy piece of, a piece of shit. Still, like I'd literally be on the treadmill, just kind of <laughs> walk and be like, I don't want to be here right now. Like, I don't want to do this. And yeah. it was just always a struggle to show up because I didn't like what I was doing. And it's like, I wanted to be that skinny girl. I wanted to have the thigh gap. I went to the university of Arizona for crying out loud. Every single girl was a Barbie, truly a Barbie. Um, and so, you know, when I started getting into bar and I like, actually, when I moved to LA, I started teaching bar. I was like, wow, like I I'm kind of showing up every day and just like taking these classes and I'm working the front desk. Cause it's actually like, for the first time I'm feeling really, really good. Like I'm feeling more clear headed. I'm feeling strong. I can hold that 92nd plank at the beginning of the pure bar class. And it all just kind of shifted and my body shifted as I continued to show up. Cause I found something that I truly loved doing. And it's just, I never want people to feel like they have to show up to the workout. You know, it's like, come to the workout because it's truly going to make you feel better. And just from that alone, then you can really hone in on like, all right, now my goal is to lose 10 pounds. I, I guess my whole thing with this is like, I want to promote just being at peace with yourself within every right. stage, no matter what stage you're at. Um, cause when you can find that peace within you, then you can kind of start to shed all the layers of like, not feeling like you're enough or not comparing yourself, comparing yourself to other people, or, you know, trying to live up to these really just unrealistic beauty standards. It's like, we see enough of it every single day, find peace with yourself at every different stage is kind of what I try to promote within my classes. Yeah. yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. And I think that works better in the end like you're saying for any fitness goal is like starting out with the feeling which is again what we're talking about before with why dance like helps you know just as a mood booster it's like if you're going to a workout for the right reason of i want to be here because like why do people get up early to do it right like i'm Mm -hmm. have never been a morning person recently have manifested being a morning person and i like will get up for your 7 a.m classes because not because like oh, this is going to make me like ripped. Like, yes, sure. Like that is a trickle effect, but it's mainly because it always feels good at the end. And then the rest of my day is amazing. So it's like starting with that for people who have like any type of fitness goal that ends up that's more based in like the appearance. You have to start with actually wanting to do it and being, you know, feeling good about it or else you're just going to stop doing it. It's like why people make all those new year's goals and then they end like a month later because you're starting with the wrong incentive that doesn't actually like that incentive, that goal takes longer to see, which is why you're going to quit sooner. But if you're doing it because you just want to feel good, that happens like the first time and you're like, let's go, let's keep doing this. So for sure. And I think it kind of can turn into this like obsessive thing where it's like, you start to see results and then you keep showing up because you have more results, more results, more results. And it's like, we've got to kind of like find just this. And I hope for this within the entire fitness industry, I think there is definitely a shift being made, um, within just like, we have a major responsibility as teachers and fitness instructors and trainers to like give people a well-rounded experience and to make sure that we're not putting into them in the situation where they start to become obsessed with the end physical result. It's like, right. it's a hard thing. So sometimes I'm like, even on Instagram, I see people promoting, like, I want you guys to feel good yet. Like they're still using Facetune and filters and editing their pictures. And I'm just like, 
yo, you literally have like hundreds of people showing up to your classes every day. And this is still like what you're putting out, like take responsibility, you know, for what you're doing. It's, it's just, it's weird. It's like, people are kind of ready to make the shift, but within themselves, there's still, there's still like a block there. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of what I'm noticing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of also like, because there's a connection between a lot of people run their business and kind of get leads from social. And so their presence on there is really important, which you obviously have like in the past year have built an incredible, you know, and here you're growing on there, but for the reason that you're being very authentic, but there are obviously people who, like you said, they're using filters or they're just like still not being real. And then they talk about like acceptance or whatever. And it's like, how are people supposed to do that? If when they watch you, like they know that you're not even being a hundred percent there. Yeah. And that yeah. responsibility piece is actually pretty interesting too, because um, actually who this morning, um, Krista Williams from, you know, her from almost 30 podcasts, yeah. she was talking yeah. about, on her story, the idea of like influencers having responsibility. And it's so interesting because that her take was kind of more like it's, it's an interesting word to use to say like the responsibility. Cause sometimes that can be inter- like understood as, you know, more, which sometimes like, right. yes, you have an expertise in something, but I think it more so is like, the awareness that what you do is seen by a lot of people. And so, yeah, some people like, you know, feel that, especially if you're representing your space, you want to be doing it in a positive way. But in other ways, it's also like, you know, it's like, I can understand why it seems icky to be like, I have a responsibility, but it's also like, maybe it's not the right word. Maybe it's more like, you just want, you're aware of your impact, which is like, we all yes. should be. It doesn't necessarily yes. mean you have to say something, but like, right. yeah, I know. I think it's, it's kind of in an, in the influencer space, that's been a big topic of conversation, obviously in the last year and just with everything that's been going on in our world. And I think like, you know, we don't necessarily sign up and this is getting broader than just fitness at the end of the day. Right. But it's like, we don't necessarily, I don't necessarily show up on my platform to be able to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I don't want people to come to me for, you know, political advice or for, um, you know, like, uh, nutrition, um, for, uh, influence on, you know, building a business. Like at the end of the day, these are all things that I'm navigating and learning and growing through. And so my presence on social really came through when I started owning who I was in like the fitness space and bringing like my business to my Instagram in that way. And so it is, it is, it is hard because it's like at the end of the day too, like I liked the word that you used awareness. Like I certainly am aware that a lot of people come to me. My fitness community is, is really a small piece of the entire Instagram presence, you know, like I'd like to think I have 78,000 people moving with me every day, but (laughs) you know, like it's, it's not, it's a small piece of it. And so then you do have a lot of other people who love to come on there and follow me for all the other things. But for me, it's like, 
I think in terms of being responsible for like the bodies and the way that I teach and like, you know, I want to make sure that every person feels safe in my class and they feel seen and they are getting what they're paying for and coming for and feel supported in that way. But when it does come to Instagram, it's, it's a hard balance because it's like, this is what I love. This is what I'm good at. This is what I'm, I'm truly like, you know, trained to do. But then we also take on a lot of these other roles. Mm -hmm. And while I'm aware that they, what I put out does affect people. I guess I'm not fully responsible for those other things. If that totally. makes sense. Yeah, no, for sure. Because yeah. it's like, it's also it's a hard thing to navigate. It's a hard yeah. thing to navigate. I think there's a lot of pressure put on influencers right now. Like you guys have followings, So you have to be like the end all be all have all the answers. And it's just like, we're human too. We yeah. came on here to kind of share like what we're passionate about and we're not supposed to wear every single hat. Totally. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And it's like, I also, if, like my stance is kind of like, I, if you want to talk about something that you find important, you should do that. If you don't want to talk about something, you don't need to do it. Like, I'm, yeah. we shouldn't force people just because even if you're like celebrity with millions of followers, like okay, I don't care if you, if you don't want to share about said movement and there's a bunch of social pressure to share, but you just don't feel the need to speak on it. That's fine. But like, we've, we like expect sometimes we're like, no, this, like you have to speak up because it's like, it's like, no one has to do anything actually. Like you actually don't need to, if you don't want to. And like, then the flip side is I also think individuals should have the personal responsibility to like, be you know either respectful of if someone does or doesn't want to share something and like you we don't need to be imposing our own how we think things should be on everybody and like so it's both ways I as like a consumer I don't expect every single person that I follow or admire or whatever to speak up about said issue just because I care about it like right I might care and be able to talk for 10 hours about conversation skills I don't expect everyone else to do that obviously so it's like right a weird thing to be imposing on people it's like no one has to do anything and like I mean yeah and it's just I think in general I'm just like we all just need to be a little smarter here Mm. it's like we can't expect for every single person to be educated enough to speak on all these things there are certain people you go to because you know that they are trained professionals they are educated this is what they studied their whole life this is their purpose and in that case yes I will go to those accounts I will follow them for this information for me same thing like Well, I understand, yes, I have a responsibility and I am responsible in terms of my fitness and getting people, like I said, to feel safe in their workouts with me at the end of the day. Like, I really hope people don't come to me for certain things because I'm still learning and growing through all of the same stuff that you are. And that's what makes us human. And it's like, we, we have to take the pressure off a little bit. There are people out there who have spent their whole lives learning about a very specific thing. Those are the people you want to go to for that information when you need it. You know, not your fashion blogger who has 500,000 followers, who's probably still navigating a lot on her own as well. I just think that this, we have to be smarter about, yes, the way that you, what you said about the way that we consume. Um, We can't expect the same thing out of every single person. And in fact, if we did, that's fucking boring. Yeah. Like that's not even, it's just so weird. It's such a weird concept. Like 
we're supposed to be different. We're supposed to have different talents and things to express. And as the consumers, let's be aware of that and know that there are certain people that we should expect more out of. If that's what they train their entire life to do, let's go to that person for this information. It's just gotten very polluted. I feel like over the last year where it's hard to, it's hard to sometimes even for me to even show up on Instagram. I've kind of, I've been more open and honest about that lately. Cause I'm just like, you know, you guys, I'm human. I'm like having my mental health days, like yeah. I'm navigating stuff too. And, and I, and I want to promote that because I think that it's important that people get the fuck off their phones for a little bit. Like, come on, go read a book, go yeah. educate yourself on what's going on in the world through something else other than social media mm-hmm. and Instagram. Cause a lot yeah. of people don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. And yeah, no, seriously. And like, it's also, I think someone actually asked you why you don't always like touch on social or political issues. And you pointed out something that I thought was so true. I was so glad you said it that like some people who claim to be like activists are actually like such assholes about it and actually bully people into like, you have to believe this thing. You have to side with me. And that's such a big part of it too, is like, just because you've decided, like you side with one issue that you find to be like the moral superiority stance, like that doesn't inherently make you a good person. doesn't inherently make you open-minded. Like, yeah, the open-minded piece is, is like a practice. It's not, yes, I believe in this. So I must be open. I must be a good person. And like yes. people virtue signal all the time and like, will just side with an issue because they think it's the right thing to do. And they want like the clout for it, which is the problem yes. with social media too. And that's yes. another reason to think of like why you're saying like, you know, it would get boring and weird if everyone all the time was talking about the same issues and it's not real because it's like, there's no way that all of us agree about a stance on a certain thing. So like if everyone's doing it, there's some like lying going on here and being fake because you're just like, yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I actually received for every like, message I would get, I would have hundreds of other messages from people being like, I really appreciate the fact that you're not speaking about some of these things. I can come to your page and I can honestly feel free of all the negativity that's going on in the world right now. And for me, I also recognize that I have people who believe in all different sorts of things and it's not my place to project my beliefs. It is not my place to sit here and repost this and that and this, because at the end of the day, what is reposting even doing? Like, okay, cool. Like, did I come up with this information? You know, it's like, you don't even know where some of this stuff comes from. And so I'm not going to just jump on the bandwagon here. Like I'm actually on the back end having conversations with Mm. my friends, with Brendan, with my parents, with my sister, you know, with my good friends, with the people that we can sit down and have these open conversations with. It is not my place to sit here and put this and project on social media. Um, I think, I think it, it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about. It's your responsibility as an influencer. Let me ask you a question. 
would you take these types of conversations to your morning meetings at work? Because let's not forget here that I use this platform for my work. And while I am very open and honest and share a lot with you guys, think about that as like the cherry on top here, the goal, the mission, we're bringing people in for movement and we're bringing people in for mental health and we're bringing people in to this page to feel good. So I'm not going to bring any negative thoughts that I'm having or conversations on politics and what's going on in the world to my fucking morning meeting. I'm not going to do that. And I was not raised to do that. And that doesn't mean, and you know, if you want to pass judgment on that, well, go right ahead. But that's where it comes down to people needing to just be a little bit smarter about this. And, you know, it's, it's a practice for me because I, I really value being able to have these conversations, you know, with, with people outside of social media. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, where we get smarter. It's yes. not happening on social media. Yeah. I'm, you said it so perfectly. I'm so glad you put it that way because it's actually like, A, if you want to have this conversation on social, I actually don't know if it's that effective. And I think that's what we're learning is it's not actually that productive. And that's actually... For me personally, I used to, like in 2020, up until the election, actually, I used to share more like, whether it was just reposting or like random commentary on things that had to do with social political issues. And then I just started to get this feeling. I was like, this is not that productive. People who are close-minded are like either responding to me in like rude ways because they can't handle a difference in opinion and like I'm not making the actual impact that I want to and so I kind of made a decision that like I would share that stuff less directly on Instagram and I would just keep those conversations either on this either on this podcast because that's what the whole point of it is is to actually have a long-form conversation or to like do it in my day-to-day because that's the real change that happens is in a back and forth conversation where you're understanding in full someone's perspective instead of just like the 10 second clip of it on Instagram, which is not representative of how they really feel. You can't make assumptions off of that because again, everything is nuanced. It's not black and white. And since I've made that shift, I have felt less like anxiety. And when I do share like something that's a commentary, but I also feel like it's actually more, it's making more of a difference and more of an impact Mm -hmm. by like focusing on having the conversations on the podcast or at the dinner table with friends out and about where it's like the real world. Cause social doesn't represent the real world really. Like it's a percentage of it. For sure. Yeah. And I think too, like, I mean, I was just getting so affected by messages that I was receiving and I wasn't even, you know, posting really anything I wasn't even posting my opinion on anything, but like, that was the problem as people were coming to me being like, you need to post this, you need to post that. And after a couple months of really thinking about it, I'm like, I do not need anyone telling me what to post on my platform, period, the end. And at the same time, the way that I was feeling for so many months, people come on Instagram and they just get on a roll, baby. They are just like, they are heated. They are trolling. They are ready to call out anyone's opinion that doesn't fit theirs. And that is not what I want to show up to every single day. 
that's like the last thing that I want to see. It's like, I would get on there and have, and just read these disgusting messages. And I'm just like, these people don't even know me. They literally don't even know me and it's affecting me for hours. And this is not what I'm showing up to do. I'm showing up to be myself and to inspire my people and to learn with them and grow with them and make them feel good. And I can't even do that right now because I have people on the flip side who just want to bring me down at the end of the day. Like it's taking a step back and just being like, that's actually that's on them. That's not on me. Mm -hmm. And I just have to create this boundary right now. And this boundary to me looks exactly like this. And that's when I put up that post about this is why I do not share A, B, C, and D right now. And again, you want this information. There are so many incredible people that you can go get it from who are fully educated, fully spent their entire life learning about this to share with you. I am not that person. You want to feel good. You want to move your body. You want to laugh a little bit. You want to have random dance parties in the middle of the day. You want to talk about mental health. You want to get a little bit of fashion, fitness, all the things. Here I am. Yeah. Everything else I'm learning. I'm growing. I'm going through my own stuff. I'm human. Let's shift here. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's honestly one of the things that I noticed from the beginning about you of why I loved you so much from the beginning was because you very clearly have this like no one can fuck with me mentality, even though of course we're human, like things affect us, but you have, you're very, you're very honest and you are sometimes brutally honest, which I love because it's rare these days. People are very concerned about hurting others, people's feelings and being very soft. And I don't like that in general. Like obviously there's something to be said for being considerate. That's fine. But like you put your foot down and I like that. And I feel like I always try to think, where does that develop for people? Like, is that something you've always been that way? Or was there a moment, some kind of experience that like contributed to that? I've been a pushover pretty much my entire life. I have been a people pleaser. I have filled everyone else's cup and taken a lot of shit from a lot of people my entire life. And I feel like in the last year, it's been a process, but, and I'm, and even now still, I am just, I feel really free. I've created a lot of boundaries. I've shed a lot of layers, layers. I've removed a lot of people and relationships from my life. And because of that, I am finally starting to feel free to speak on things that I'm passionate about and to not really give a flying F anymore. Um, it is not my job to make everyone feel 150% every single day. Like I feel like I don't want to, I don't want to put on this perfect image of like, we are all great and dandy. We're just smiling and dancing through our days. Sometimes I'm like, this pissed me off and I want to talk about it. And I think that's just me feeling free because of the boundaries that I've set. And so it's been a process to get to that point. But, um, I just learned, you know, over the last several years have learned that communication is everything. And I want to be able to communicate the way that I feel and not have to feel bad about it anymore. Or like I'm hurting someone's feelings or like they're not going to like what I have to say. So I'm just going to keep it to myself. And I, I think that that's just something that I've kind of been practicing and putting out there on Instagram a little bit more lately. And it feels really good. It feels really, really good. Yeah. I mean, it's funny that the, like actually by setting boundaries and being more like 
staunch in certain things that that actually frees you somehow. Like, yeah. because bef- I, I can relate to kind of earlier, it, like a few years ago, being more of that like pushover type of thing where because A, like I would kind of describe myself as like an empath in certain ways, like feel people's emotions a lot. And I have like probably too much self-awareness sometimes where I'm thinking so hard about the words I'm saying, how I'm saying it, and how that's going to affect someone else that it can get the best of me. And I start to not actually like share what I want or say how I really feel because I know the potential of how it could make someone else feel. But you have to like, let go of that and then and like also have faith that people will figure out their own issues which not everyone does and we know that because you have karens on instagram who like yeah. <laughs> are assholes in your dms and you're like this is clearly something that's wrong inside of you like i have triggered yeah. something in you but like yes. being i think that's what happens is like when you have awareness of what words can do and you know how you would feel sometimes but you have mm-hmm. to be like I have faith that people will figure out like their own emotions and I can't let what other people, it's also like, these are what ifs because we, they're not always true. Sometimes like, what if someone says this or thinks this or feels that? And it's like, you can't go about life having other people's like issues impose on what you're trying to share. Because then what happens is when you actually do share, there's people who are like, wow, I'm so glad you said this. And those are the things that make it worth it. Cause someone like kind of confirms what you felt inside of you that you actually yes. d- do need to speak up about whatever's on your mind and on your heart for the day. And yes. like, you can't let other people determine like what you say, like, that's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And it's kind of that idea of other people being mirrors for us. And that's something that I think has been, um, a very big part of me kind of coming to this feeling of being able to just share and be more open and be more free. Um, because for a long time, you know, I would get on say, let's say social media or even, you know, past friendships or whatever. And I'm like with this person, I'm kind of hearing them and I'm seeing them and I'm just like, why is this bringing stuff up for me right now? Like, why is this giving me these icky feelings? Maybe it's making me feel self-conscious. Maybe it's making me feel like I can't do what I want to do or I can't, you know, or whatever it is, it brings things up for me. And I'm like, wait a second. Like, that person by expressing themselves has actually, it has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with me and where I'm at right now. And so that, that's something that I think about often, even when I'm on Instagram, I'm like, you know, I'm not going to hold back on saying how I feel in this moment or whatever it is. Um, If someone comes to my Instagram and they see something and it brings something up for them, that's something that they have to deal with. And you're just kind of mirroring me right now. And it hasn't to have anything to do with me. It has everything to do with where you are at right now in this moment. And that's something that's really hard to even say, but people just, it's easier for people to push it off on someone else and rather than come back to themselves and really internalize and do the work to figure out why it is that it's bringing up these emotions and these feelings for them. Yeah. So, and that again was something that I just, I've had to work through on my own too in the past and, you know, through kind of coming back to 
whatever it is for me, my daily movement or my self-care routine or the people that are in my life, it's helped me um, kind of just release those negative feelings that I was having. Cause I'm starting to feel better in my own skin and navigate that on my own and realize that it's no one else's um, doing that was making me feel a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. That's very powerful because it reminds you that, you know, the whole idea of people mirroring you and it goes both ways. And it's like, by recognizing that you are responsible for how you feel, how, what you do, largely what happens in life, you know, that's kind of trickles Mm -hmm. into the concept of manifestation. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like you, if you start with you, a, you're going to realize like this conversation I'm having, the reason why it's going not well, it actually might be because I'm like bringing anxiety to it. And it's just because Mm -hmm. of me, like it's, someone can say something crazy, but I make a choice of how I respond Mm -hmm. to that. And then it flips because you also understand that when people are, you know, around you are responding negatively. Yes. There's some responsibility in how you say things and like the, you know, energy you're putting out, but you also start to understand it. The same thing is going on with them. Mm -hmm. They are responsible for how they're feeling and what they're doing. And it's not always on you to figure that out. So it's like by looking within, that's why I'm such a huge proponent for the idea of like individual responsibility and like trickling from in, in relationships to family, to society, like everything after that, because Mm -hmm. if you also stop blaming and putting like the onus on someone else, some other group, some institution to fix issues, like you're putting off what you could actually be doing. And in the end, yes. individuals make up the groups and the institutions and the countries and whatever. And so it's like, yes. it's going to trickle out better if we all start to be like, well, what can I do? Like, what's mm-hmm. my role in this? This idea of extreme ownership. It's like, it's actually, this, For sure. yeah, this, um, there's a great book called Extreme Ownership. It's by Jocko Willink. He's like a ex-Navy SEAL guy. He's like the ultimate, wakes up at 4 a.m. every day, like has a very deep voice. He's like a fucking ex-Navy SEAL. Um, but his he wrote, wrote this book called Extreme Ownership, and it's all about basically teaching for different uses, like in relationships, at work, at large, any kind of, you know, wherever you're interacting with people, even alone, extreme ownership, like what is your role? And so he tells stories of being, you know, his like platoon leader or whatever in like Afghanistan, like these crazy war stories and how he as a leader implemented extreme ownership and how that actually had a huge effect on the success of the team and like how that is needed in every aspect, whether it's in a relationship, you get in a fight with your significant other and you're like, extreme ownership. Okay. What did I do wrong? Like, what can I Mm -hmm. fix before being like, you said this and it made me feel like this, like, Oh, if you weren't being so mean, I wouldn't be so sad or something. And it's like, no, what if you flip it and you say like, I'm the one in charge of how I'm feeling. Like there's no puppet master pulling my strings. It's just me. Yes. But it's not as popular because you have to work to do that. You can't just like, you know, can you relate that to like medical things? And like the yes. difference between conventional medicine and holistic is like, you have to do the work of making yourself get better. And it's, yes. it's harder. It's harder to do. So less people do it. It is. It's hard to come back to yourself. It's, it's almost like for me, for a long time, I was sitting in this space of feeling very just like 
I was just like lethargic every day. And like, this is like my mid twenties. I'm just like not doing any of the things that I wanted to do. And I would see a lot of people succeeding around me and I'd look around and I'd be like, I'd feel jealous and I'd feel like a POS. And I just would be like, Ugh, like just feeling so icky. And then like, finally it clicked for me. I'm like, you have a choice every single day. You can either continue to sit in your own shit or wake the heck up and start taking steps to feeling better and to doing whatever it is that you want to do. I didn't know what it was. Cause at that time I was like, dance isn't working out. I'm working at a fitness studio. I'm working, you know, I'm managing the fitness studio. I'm not feeling fulfilled. This person just got this job. This person's making this much money, Ugh, like just feeling so blah. And then I'm like, yo, like you have a choice right now to either like start putting in some hard work and like navigating this, or you're going to continue to feel the same way that you're feeling every single day. And it's not Susie's fault over here that she just booked a tour with Rihanna, like figure it out, you know, it's like, that's on you. So yeah. 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 I mean, it's, but it's hard. It's a lot of hard work. And obviously, you know, with like mental health, like sometimes people it's, it's a chemical imbalance within our bodies. It's something that like, it's not that easy, but there are so many tools. There are so many resources and we have to invest in ourselves. And this is something that I learned um, more my later twenties. And even recently, like I have to kind of put in money to feeling better sometimes yeah. and it's worth it. It's worth it. Cause I don't fully trust myself every single day to, we need accountability. You know, we need, that goes back to what we we're talking about in the beginning, like connection, humans, like people that we can relate to people that we can see. And, and while I don't want to, you know, put all of my, you know, good feelings reliant on this person giving them to me. It's also like, I need to be able to invest in their talents to help me feel the way that I want to feel. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of tools and there's a lot of resources out there for us. So yeah. Yeah. Got to take ownership for sure. Yeah. I think learning that early on is, is really huge. And like, sometimes I think you need, cause not everyone you know, maybe like your education, your family doesn't teach you that. So sometimes you need like a really big, like smack in the face to like teach you it. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. But it's also lately I've been thinking about kind of the culture around hard work and hustle. And um, I think Jenny edition lately has been talking about that. Like, yes, you need hard work. There's no question you need to work and take action for what you want. But with the concept of manifestation, there's also like kind of addressing the mindset piece of it and how much that can actually affect the material things in your life. But yes. I think the reason why like manifestation sometimes gets a bad rapper is misunderstood is that people think it's like you're literally just like sitting around and being like, mm, I'd like to have this car and it just shows up like that's obviously not how it works at least like, like the most of the time. Yeah. And like there is a legitimate aspect of hard work and whether you want to take away the, the hard part of it and just call it work and action. But like, I think when you tie together, if for this example, the mindset piece of like ownership and then, you know, whether that's like taking into your own hands, what you're, future is what your day looks like. And then obviously taking action because you're now that you're thinking about how your mindset of ownership is affecting your life, 
that trickles out into action. So I think that's the mm-hmm. connection that some people um, forget is very real and maybe undervalued is by changing your mindset that actually trickles into action. Like it's not just this mm-hmm. woo woo thing where you're like, yeah, I want to be this thing and it's just going to happen. It's like, no, because you wake up now every day saying, I own my reality. I'm in charge of what's going to happen today. That affects how you walk into the kitchen and how you go to the grocery store and how you show up at work that day. And that's why mm-hmm. like it is tied in and it is actually important yes. to address the mindset part of it. But there's no doubt there's a work aspect like you have to do things for sure and i think people get really sometimes too it's like we get really caught up on this like end goal or this one thing it could be material it could be this job it could be something i think this is why people are kind of like they're kind of like Ugh, manifestation like whatever i tried it and like it doesn't work well it's like when you are truly aligned you might have that end goal and you might be like, your mindset might be right, but you have to be willing to redirect and you have to be willing to go again inward and look at certain elements of your life and aspects and be like, okay, does this feel good? Is my, am I listening to my intuition with this step forward that I want to take? And if it takes you off path and you start to veer away from that end goal, whatever it is that you're manifesting, it's like that wasn't meant for you. Mm -hmm. So kind of keep finding it by listening, by going inward, by that intuition, by taking the small action every single day. And who knows, one day you might have so much more and you might even get to have a little part of that in whatever way. Like for me, it was like, I was so caught up for so long on failing in the dance scene. I'm like, I'm not booking the tours. I'm not on the TV shows. I'm not doing the award shows. Like, and, and what I was missing out on was like the fact that I actually, I didn't want to do something that was just all about me. I actually really wanted to be able to connect with other humans and through finding my purpose and fitness and this brand that I've created, it's like, I get to do all the freaking things. I get to connect with other people. I get to dance. I get to perform a little bit. Like Mm -hmm. I get to speak my truth. I get to move with human beings. Like we're on a fucking stage performing for Rihanna, you know, to Rihanna. It's like, but it's just through fitness, but it's still, it kind of aligns with everything that I always wanted anyway. And so It's just kind of being open and willing to, you know, do the work, take the steps and also notice like what feels good, what doesn't and keep leaning into what feels good. Um, And a lot of people too, even my community, when we were doing some of the manifestation workshops, like I'd get messages after being like, I'm just not really into manifestation. I'm like, that's okay. That's totally fine. But again, there's just this sense of like openness, like just be open and trust yourself and take the steps and see what happens. I used to think too, like I read the secret when I was, or I watched the, the show, the secret back, like when I was trying to dance and they were talking about like getting your dream car and this and that. And I'm like, manifest manifestation means nothing without action. Like you have got yes. to put in the work period, the end. I keep saying that, but it's like, <laughs> boom, period, the end. Yeah, the statement. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And I think, um, it's like, whether you want to call it, it can have different names. Manifestation is one way to to word basically the process of going after a goal, but addressing the mindset and action piece. And then also 
this kind of element of like trust and the path that I think so yes. many of us actually waste a lot of energy by being anxious about like, how are we going to get this thing? What if I don't get it? Like, oh my God, it, does this job fit into my 10 year plan? And we actually like mess up and kind of don't see opportunity because of that. It's kind of the concept of, I remember one time I watched, they do this, this exercise that teaches you about, um, like selective attention where you watch this video of a bunch of people bouncing a basketball. And so they tell you when you first watch it, count how many times, um, the, the bounce, the basketball is bounced. And so you count it and you guess whatever. The second time they're like, don't count it. And then you notice that there's like a man in a gorilla suit walking around the whole time. But the first time that you do it, you don't notice the man in the gorilla suit. And it's like, I don't know what the lesson necessarily was for, but to me that like speaks to the same idea of if you are only paying attention to one thing and you have one mindset all the time, you're going to miss things. And that to me has been the biggest piece of the concept of manifestation and just like addressing the mindset is if you're more open, like you said, to different opportunities and achieving something in different ways, you're going to see way more and you're going to actually see this opportunity that you might've turned down before as actually a really great thing. And that is a really big piece that I think is also like undervalued is like we create a lens on ourselves when we have a a negative mindset or we're so concerned with something or we're spending so much time being anxious about how we're going to get it. And it actually affects the actions in your life because if you don't see something as an opportunity, how would you ever do it? And maybe that thing is the actual perfect thing that you need. Yeah. And it's just that idea of like, I feel like, I don't know for, and I don't know if you can relate to this, but like I grew up with, you know, a family that created, my parents created a lot of structure for my sister and I, and it was always, you know, you're going to go to dance every single day after school at this Mm -hmm. time, jazz, ballet, do this, then you're going to go to college and let's get you into a dance program. And, and then afterwards I'm like, I'm going to move to LA. I'm going to do the dance thing. And so in my mind, all I ever knew was dance. Mm -hmm. And so when I, and it's like, I, for the longest time, I'm like, dance, dance, dance. It's only going to be dance, dance, dance. I was like closing myself out or off to all the other opportunities, all the other things that I could bring into my life that would ultimately make me feel so much more like myself and so much happier and bring me so much joy. But because of this like structure that I had growing up and like, you know, even with, even with the dance, it was like, well, if dance doesn't work out, full-time job, like work, make money, you know? And like, and, and there's something to be said for just kind of like playing your way through life, like literally dancing through it all yeah. and just kind of like taking the twists and the turns and being open. And that's something that I had to learn after just feeling super low for a while. But I think a lot of people, we just attach ourselves to the idea of what might feel good or yeah. what our family wanted for us or what we envisioned from a young age, you know, maybe it's graduate from college and then meet your husband and then you both work and then you get pregnant and then you have kids and then that's life. And it's like, life can look like so many other things and we don't have to be so set in stone on what our future is supposed to look like. I mean, hell, like I know what I envision, but if it doesn't go that way, I'm open to it because it was never meant for me to have to begin with. And so we just have to kind of learn to release and to lean in and to dance and to twist and to move and to continue to just find the things that make us feel good. 
every day. Yeah, for sure. And that's how we, that's how we goddamn manifest, Bella. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, seriously. I mean, I love it. I, oh, can I ask you a question? Yeah. How do you feel about swearing? <laughs> um, I don't care. You can, I haven't been swe- fucking go for it, dude. I, this show and me in general, anything can be said. Like I'm actually not kidding. Nothing is off limits because a, I have earlier like monologue episodes that like I'm fucking putting it all out there. Like very controversial opinion, maybe probably. So you can literally, if there's something you've been holding in you and you feel like you needed a platform to say something crazy, this is the place. I don't care. Like I'm very difficult to offend or make uncomfortable. I was in my clubhouse, my first one that I ever did last week. And Crystal, um, do you, you know, Crystal or like know of her? She's, she's my number one bish. She she like does some of your, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So Crystal is like, she's going to be like, you know, COO of sweat sessions one day, but, um, I'm putting it out there. We're manifesting that anyway, but, um, I was in my clubhouse and she's texting me on the side being like, Aubrey, I think you need to stop swearing so much. I was like, (laughs) I just innately, like, it is a release for me to just be like, fucking this and we're gonna feel like badasses and just like cussing all the time my mom's like messaging me too she's like Aubrey you have such a potty (laughs) mouth I'm like well I learned it from you and dad (laughs) yeah I I like there's like this I'm like do I just need to like turn on the professionalism just like a little bit more but then like that also doesn't feel good for me so it's fine (laughs) yeah no I feel like I I like swearing and people who swear to a certain extent because it's like very (laughs) passionate and like colorful and sometimes you just need it like you know there are people who are like I never swear I'm like you're holding something in like something is bubbling (laughs) up in you yeah that's a little suspect yeah I'm like what you you never feel like that like impassioned about something that you're just like, fuck this. Like, I don't believe that. I just don't. (laughs) Anyway, off track, but just had to ask you your opinion on swearing. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't care. I'm, I'm into it. I mean, my, I feel like the older generations were taught not to, but then, cause when I was like in college and then like when you're around the people your age that start to swear, you also start to do it. And then you like go mm-hmm. home from college and your parents are like, dude, you, you can't like say these words. And they would yeah. be really angry when you swear. Um, and it's like been developed as this like taboo. You're not supposed to do it. But then I, I don't yeah. know. I feel like now it's becoming more. Maybe is it because we're young and then when we get older, do we swear less? How does like why do older people like obviously when you see a five year old swear, you're like something feels wrong about that. But I also find it really funny. I mean, I hope I continue to be this passionate throughout the rest of my life. Cause when I swear, I say it with freaking every little bit of me. I'm like, yeah. let's go. I like when you I swear in workout being like, classes. <laughs> being like uh, in third grade and like having your best friend over and you guys are like playing and you're like, let's say a cuss word. And you like lean over and you're like, shit it's like not even a bad one yeah and then you get older and you learn really bad ones like you start saying like cunt and you're like oh my god that's like a bad one low-key me and my best friends from high school were all in like a side 
group chat on, on like just messaging and, um, text message. And there's like eight of us or something in there. And we're, we're called the cunties. <laughs> it turns into like, around, like endearment out with my, yeah. Anytime my like phone is out and I'm with someone and like the cunties come up and we're like messaging, they're like the cunties. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. It also depends, um, what like country sometimes you're in, because I think in Australia, cunt is really bad like they no no no. i'm just kidding it's opposite i think i'm trying to think there are some places that like a swear word is really casual and other places that if you say it's like actually the worst thing ever and then there's some languages that like they just swear way more often like it's very accepted i feel like in england it's probably very just like nonchalant yes you bloody cunt (laughs) Oh, you bloody cunt. You know if I'm saying that right. I always mix the countries. I'm like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, have you been doing a lot of, uh, like, what have you been doing on Clubhouse? Just fitness talk Nothing. and stuff? I mean, I had one Clubhouse last week. It was with Year of Ours. Um, I'm an ambassador for Year of Ours. So they brought on all of their different fitness ambassadors. And we just had like a conversation discussion about the brand and starting our own businesses and fitness. And, um, it was like very like empowered, empowering. Yeah. And it was just a great chat, like getting to know all the other women. And then we had like all of our communities listening. I was kind of like on the fence about clubhouse yeah. until that discussion. And now I can see, why it is kind of cool. And Mm -hmm. I also want to start getting on there a little bit more. Um, I think too, just like, you know, even with like the challenges that we've done with the community, we Mm -hmm. always do virtual like zoom, you know, workshops and stuff. But I think that it's kind of cool to be able to just pop onto clubhouse. I could be, you know, just like sitting on the couch, eating ice cream, having (sighs) a discussion about, you know, starting your dream you know, brand or something. Um, but no, there's some cool, interesting conversations going on on there. So yeah. I kind of want to get in, get into it a little bit more. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah. Club, I have like mixed feelings because it has, I think it's still somewhat finding its footing. I haven't actually spent, I spent time on it when I first got the app, it got my invite or whatever. Um, but it's hard because it's very different from, it's a social app, but it's also all live. And so you, mm-hmm. there's like the FOMO aspect because you can't really get value from it unless you're there all the time, which is like with Instagram. Yes. Some people like are going live and there's only things there for 24 hours, but for the most part you can right. still like revisit people's content versus clubhouse. Like it's only getting value if you're like there in the moment, which is like real yeah. life. Um, so yeah. I don't know, like I, haven't been on it that much really. And like, I, I want to go on because I feel like it'd be a great place to have conversations. Um, but I'm just having trouble like finding the right room and it's kind of daunting to like randomly go in one and speak up, especially if it's not like organized by people, you know, already. Um, I don't know. And sometimes I get overwhelmed by like one more new app. Like TikTok's been around forever. My younger brother's like, you need to get on TikTok. You need to post like podcast clips there and I'm like I know but like it's just one thing too many for me to figure out are you not on TikTok I have a TikTok page thing and there's like a couple videos of my of me shuffling on there but I haven't been like regular posting and I know I really should because it's such an easy way to get in front of a bunch of people but you should do whatever feels good for you 
Like I, the same thing. I mean, I understand there's this element of like, we have businesses and being on multiple platforms, you know, helps bring in new audiences. Um, I have not been on the TikTok train and I have people message me daily being like, you need to be on TikTok. For me, same as you, I get very overwhelmed by all these different platforms. I like need to just kind of like stick to like Mm. a couple things um, or else I'm too much of a scatterbrain. I'll lose focus and just start creating TikToks all day and be like, oh, I have to go teach. Well, I'm too bad. I'm TikTok. (laughs) I need to have a little bit more structure in that way. But I will say you can still grow whatever you're meant to grow, whatever you want to grow just on Instagram. Yeah. Maybe you're on clubhouse a little bit, like whatever it is, but if you're not feeling called to TikTok, then you don't need to do TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I don't know. I just, I mean, also like we, I briefly touched on this on my Instagram the other day, but it's like, I get that like there's stuff that's trending and you want to feel, you want to get that hit. And it's like, I did that one. I I didn't even really know that it was like trending. I I saw one other person do it and I was like, I want to try this too. Um, the one like I am healthy, I am wealthy, I am rich. I am that bitch. Okay. So that hit 4 million views on my Instagram reels. (laughs) Insane. And well, that was cool because I gained like several thousand new followers in a day. Um, I also think there's really something to be said to just like going on and creating what you want to create without focusing on what's trending and what is going to get you followers or likes. Like, I just feel like that whole concept is no longer trendy to me. Like that's what I used to do when I was first starting out on Instagram. And I just feel like that feels constricting. Yeah. That feels like I'm not able to create what I want to create because I'm so focused on growing. Yeah. It's like, you know, if I were to do like, you know, something on reels or TikTok where it's like my favorite fitness moves and it's like for two weeks and we're doing different stuff every single day. Like, great. That's true to me. That's fun for me. But like, I don't want to sit here and do TikTok dances because with the intention of just getting more followers, like that's not fun anymore. Totally. No, I agree. And I do think the strategy is changing a bit. Like I still see sometimes there's this girl on Instagram who posts like only Instagram tips. And one of her main tips is like to create content that your audience wants, not what you want. And I actually Mm -hmm. like don't like that because I, it's weird because normally like, yes, if you're thinking about starting a business and creating a product, like you need to do market research to figure out what people want. But with social, I feel like it's a little different because you can actually find people who want, who like what you like, because it has such broad reach potential that you could actually like, just do what you like and it will actually become successful. Like, you know, through, whatever, just being consistent, all the stuff that is like the basic foundation of how to, you know, use Instagram. But yeah, yeah, I think that that's just like the old way of doing it. That's like, read your analytics and make sure that you're only reposting and repurposing stuff that does well every time. And it's like, I don't, that's not going to feel good. Like I, if I, because also if you follow that, I think sometimes you're, you're only thinking about who you currently have and using that to mean like, you only want repeats of those people versus if you're trying to 
develop a, a following in a community based on what you find important and then subsequently what people agree with what like the, they find important it's not just about the current like it's a balance between current people and new people and just yeah. just would feel like shit if i was just like well this bikini pick does well every time might as well keep swirling these yeah. in i'm like yeah it's like well we're continuing to bring in we're bringing in that cash money flow so may as well just keep putting out the same shit that everybody wants to see every single day and i'm just like over here just like curling up into a tight ball on the inside because i'm no longer finding passion and putting out what you know mm. what i want to put out it's like about everyone else and like it, it there's there's that balance right like obviously we are growing businesses here mm. in a sense but we are our business like we are yeah. our brand and like we've gotten to where we are now and where we will continue to be by being ourselves and doing what is true to us. So of course we're not creating content just for us. Right. We're creating stuff that we're passionate about and people see that and people gravitate towards that. And that's the feeling that people like, like, yeah. it, you know, I could be like in my kitchen, like doing, having a dance party and like, yeah, like, I don't really, I don't think that anyone really cares about the fact that I'm like having a dance party in my kitchen, but they're watching it just being like, she's doing her thing and it's making me smile yeah. and it makes me feel good. And it makes me want to have a dance party in my kitchen, yeah. you know? And it's like, that's not strategic. That's just me being me. And same with you. Like right. you post your dancing videos quite frequently. And I'm just like, oh my God, like this isn't inspiring me beyond belief. And on the flip side, we could get really strategic and be like, no more dance videos because like, really, it's not just like, it's not what our audience wants. Like our audience wants tips on, you know, mm. fitness and, um, they want to know, you know, how to build a podcast or how to do this or that or whatever. But it's like, that is so snore. I'm so over yeah. snore. Like let's do what feels good to us. And like, that's what brings, that's what makes people feel good. What we're doing, I hope makes people feel like they can be more like themselves. Yeah, totally. And that's the goal. Yeah. 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 And like social and the world of digital content is a, it's new in general, comparatively to like what we've been doing for literally a, like a century, but like comparing, you know, how to start a business in the typical context of like how people used to do it. It's not really the same thing. Like it's a different beast, but I will say that I think now I'm seeing companies change their um, strategy to be more like showing the face of the company and having a set of values that the company decides itself. So it's like, it actually does relate in the same way that yes, like you need a product that people are going to buy or a service that people will take part in or whatever. Cause in the end, like if you're running a business, it has to, you know, stay afloat, but there yeah. is still an aspect, even if it's just like a consumer product company that now I think the new way of doing things is much more like real and authentic to what the company wants and what their values are. And people respond to that authenticity and like when a company is actually showing like the face of the team and what they believe in, people respond to that versus like big corporations are still powerful, but like there, there's so much lost trust. Like I don't know yes. many people these days who are like, oh my God, I love Procter and Gamble. Like they're so cool. It's like <laughs> yeah. no one, it's like not, it's old. We, people don't, yes. people are starting to see through it a lot now. Yes. Yes. For sure. And like, there's something to be said for being strategic and, you know, like 
you know, tracking your numbers. And that's like, that's a side of the business that I am starting to want to step into a little bit more because ultimately like, you know, I, I plan on having other elements of the sweat sessions thing. You know, I want to have the clothing line and be able to do these tours and have like my, you know, mentorship program and all this other stuff, which like you do need to put some strategy behind, but in terms of like really building out, you know, this all encompassing thing, it's like, we just got to do what we feel like, honestly, because that's the second we start to do what everyone else wants us to do or what everyone expects to see from us, that really sucks the fun and the passion out of it. And then we're just like robots, like everyone else doing the same shit. Yeah. And that is snore. Yeah. It's at least like making the foundation be from a better place than like starting with profit revenue being like the goal like at least if you have the baseline more real to you then everything from there trickles out in a better way so it's like of course you need strategy of course you need to sell a good product a good service whatever it is but you have to start from the right place and then like it trickles out into everything that's why like you know kind of the beginning we were talking about like who are we it's like you need to know what that is for you as an individual, for you as a business, for you as a, a leader, a public figure, whatever it is, because that's going to inform everything else. So it's like if you start from the wrong motivation, the wrong like, you know, something that's also not even real to you, yeah. it's going to fall apart or like people are not yes. going to like it. Yeah. But so what is next for Aubrey Winters? OMG, this is such a loaded cue. Um, <laughs> you don't have to answer it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. This is like, this is where I hold myself accountable by putting this stuff mm, out into the, yeah. out into the universe. Um, this has been something that I am just, I, a question I ask myself daily um, because I love teaching. Like it is everything, but I also I've been teaching for so long and I am the type of person where like, it's not that I get bored easily, but I'm just constantly feeling myself wanting to evolve Mm -hmm. and wanting to change things up and wanting to like push boundaries and just like, go, 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 go. Um, And so for me, while I want to continue to teach, I want to expand my teaching team. I want to eventually open up an IRL studio where we're also streaming workouts very seam- seamlessly to the yeah. rest of the world, literally all like moving together SBC. And then on top of that, like what's next directly in front of me is this SBC tour. So um, it's been something that's been on my mind for like years. Like I think that this is the start of me ultimately creating what I've always wanted, which is like the create and cultivate for fitness and wellness, um, working with other brands, facilitating these IRL experiences, streaming them live now because virtual has become such a big thing and I don't want people to miss out. So just creating these really like sick events and collaborating with other instructors. And this is kind of the SBC tour that I want to do at the end of summer, early fall is kind of the start of me creating this ultimate fitness wellness events thing. I don't know what it is called yet, but something like that. Um, And then, you know, so we want the studio, we want this like 
tour vibe, um, the merch line, the clothing line. These are all things that are kind of in the works. So there's a lot and there's even more out of that mentorship program um, that I've been really called to do. Another thing that I've been thinking about for a long time. And then in the last two months, it's come up like by several other people being like, you know, you really need to start this. And I'm like, wait, it's really crazy that you say that because I've thought about this. Um, And yeah, I think I get imposter syndrome with it a little bit. Um, But I also recognize that at the end of the day, I don't need to have all of the answers. I all, all I know is what I've gone through in my experience and people feel the same way. So why not share that and kind of create a structure and an outline? Cause at the end of the day, there are things that I've done that have really worked. So creating that and leading by example for other women who are interested in taking the same path is something that I'm passionate about. So that's kind of coming up soon too. There's a lot of things, Bella. That's why it's a load of (laughs) cute. Love it. No, that sounds so exciting. I'm excited to watch all that participate. It sounds fucking awesome. Fucking I just want to have dance circles all around the world. You know what I mean? Yes. I can't wait until I get to move with you IRL. Like I am bringing, you're the first one in the dance circle. Let's go. Oh my God. I was so bummed I didn't get to meet you at our event last weekend, but next time for sure. Yeah. I'll be coming out to LA in June. So. Okay, great. Stay put. I'll be here. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. That will be amazing. Dance is just, it's like, it's stable every day. Have to do something for Um, sure well this was freaking awesome i'm this was amazing so thankful that you came on to do this show and just it was great i hope you enjoyed it i had an amazing time chatting with you i really did this is such a the conversations were so unique too i feel like it was just a good combo you're just amazing bella like (laughs) literally have to just say it you inspire me on the freaking daily i'll never forget you in that last workshop we did with Jenny, um, in the challenge. And you're just like, I'm going to be the next show Rogan. I was like, fuck yes. Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That's you're amazing. So yeah, this was so much love. Thank you so much. Love. 